Hi, welcome to the crossover. I am Dan Clark, and as always, I'm joined by uh, my co-host Sean Keating. Greetings and welcome to the crossover as we uh, turn the calendar to the eighth month, August, and uh, the back to school and whatever that's gonna look like is coming, and we're trying to prepare for that and. It's a dumpster fire. It is. It is. <laughs> and uh, we talked about it before, but anytime you don't know what's coming, it's hard. Um, people are planners. The brain wants to know what to expect, and uh, we we don't know. So we're going to roll with it. And today, um, my brain has been on um, a little bit of the subject of personality and kind of spurred by, you know, how many times have we told our students to maybe take a personality test or take a, uh, a job finder test or, you know, all these different things. And, um, as I've been reading my latest book by Ben Hardy, uh, personality isn't permanent. I'm just about halfway through, but I was reading it last week and I sent you some notes because it kind of just, uh, hit a nerve, um, with some different things. And, I'm really interested in uh, how people view their personality. And, and I think it goes to the story we tell ourselves about, you know, who we are. Are we an introvert, an extrovert? Are we, you know, someone that is really good at being social or antisocial? And we kind of label ourselves. Um, but what I want to talk about today with personality is it, it, it really goes into, um, I guess I'll get to the, the hallmark of, of Ben Hardy's point in the book is that you know, personality isn't permanent. It can change and it will change. And the change that you want really depends on, you know, what your goals are. Um, even if you are quote unquote, an introvert, if you wanted to and become a, I don't know who's someone that deals with a lot of people. So maybe somebody in sales or, um, you know, marketing where you're constantly in meetings and dealing with people and having to speak, um, you could change your personality to, to fit the environment that you need to be. And I, I really, he gives numerous examples in the book about how this happens and how people have changed their personality over time. And um, I think it's a good jumping off place to start today's show. Does he talk, does he say that you can go from like zero to a hundred? Pretty much. I really? mean, he, he really, he talks a lot. I'm getting into the part now where he's talking about goal setting. And so, um, he talks a lot in the book about your future self. And I guess, I don't know, I was talking a little bit before we got in here. I'm, I'm kind of at a midlife crisis a little bit. I'm going to be 38 this month. And, uh, I, I, you know, when you try to think about your future from 38, it, <laughs> you know, and you got little children, you start to, I mean, you obviously have a lot of things you still want to accomplish. But, you know, so much is around, you know, revolving around your kids and, you know, as you try to look at your future self, it's kind of hard to envision what is 45, what is 50 look like? What is, you know, I don't know. We spend so much time in our lives at 18, right? What is my next four years and what is this? And then, and so I, I'm starting to really feel what midlife crisis means. And it doesn't probably help that it's probably, I don't know, compounded by the fact that everything is so chaotic just in general due to the pandemic. Well, we're not going to just use the pandemic as a scapegoat. Well, you can't, I mean, it's just, it causes so much chaos because you can't even see the unknown. You yes. can't see that far into the future. You know, when things were normal, you could, you know, at least bank on, okay, well, I know that, you know, school is starting. I know these holidays are coming up. I know my summer vacation is coming up. Yep. You know, you can start to think about those time periods and how you're going to use them to, maybe complete a goal, but with that, with this added, you know, obstacle, it makes it impossible. I mean, this, this last year I had had that same thought of what am you know, what is the next, what is the next thing? And I came up with, you know, I want to take young people who are not used to being in the middle of nowhere. And I want to take, I want to take them into the boundary waters. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to make this a business venture. And then everything happens and it's like, okay, I can't even, I can't do that. 
And it just puts, it just, and then because of that, you know that any other plan you want to make is going to be hindered by that. So I think, you know, it probably doesn't help, obviously, that, that that's taking place. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thought experiment that you have to have with yourself once you've, you know, gotten to this point in life and trying to figure out what exactly the next step is going to be. And, you know, if we're talking about personality, you start to think about, you know, who am I? Am, am I the same person that I was, you know, when I had these original goals? Um, and you're probably not, you know, if you, if you are, there's probably something wrong, right? Correct. And, and that's really what he talks about in the book is, is just how much you, you, um, change over time. And, you know, we talked about on the show about like the seasons of life and, and, and really you talk about your teenage years versus your twenties versus now we're into our thirties and I've got, you know, the forties coming and, and what's going on there. And it, and then, you know, to your point, I, I've always tried to pride myself on using the spring and summer, especially after a long basketball season, um, to try to reinvent myself, to kind of have a new, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grow in whatever it might be. And this has put a pause on all of that because usually, you know, it's traveling to a conference, it's, um, going and talking to other coaches and doing some different things to kind of, but it's so hard when you just don't know if there's even going to be a season, you know, if there's even going to be, you know, if, if you're a high school football coach or football player, volleyball coach or volleyball player right now, when those sports got moved, I mean, it'd be so easy right now to just be like, well, it's not till the spring now. So I guess I'll just do nothing and I'll worry about that later. You know, it's so hard when you've got a moving target and your brain wants to know when something's going to happen. There's something he talks about in the book about like expectancy. Um, you know, your brain being able to expect when something's coming or expect a result. And right now your brain can't, there's nothing, we don't know what to expect, you know, expect the unexpected and that unpredictability. Um, I know I've talked about, you know, different things I felt over the course of this and, and now a school starting. I mean, I gotta imagine parents, students alike. I mean, there's so much anxiety because of that unpredictability. Yeah. And you just don't even, I mean, that's, that's part of one of those aspects of personality as well. You know, are you prone to that feeling and are you able to deal with that feeling? I know in my basic personality research and preparing for this podcast, I, I don't know what he, maybe you can enlighten me on that, but I don't know if he believes in like a, a certain amount of pillars to your personality. From what I've researched, there was, there's the, the five, the big five, they call it with personality. And that is uh, openness to experience so that, I mean, that's one of the categories that you're judged on. That would be like, are you more likely to be routine oriented or uh, like spontaneous? Like, are you more prone to spontaneity? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this, you know, the, the, all these categories are a scale, like a sliding scale. Um, the other one was conscientiousness. So that would mean basically, are you careful versus careless? Extroversion, of course, that's a a very popular one that people reference frequently, and that's, you know, energetic versus reserved. Uh, agreeableness, which is friendly versus challenging. And then neuroticism would be where anxiety falls in. Are you, are you a nervous person? Are you a confident person? And it's not like, you know, I, from what I've found, it's not like you are a zero on one, any one of these scales or a mm -hmm. hundred on one of these scales. You're somewhere in between. And it's like... Uh, I, I likened it to basically a character you're creating in a video game. You mm -hmm. ever, you ever do that where like you choose a certain, uh, template for a player or I mean, if you're playing like a role playing game, it's like you choose a, a, a race, like an elf or a wizard or whatever. And you're given like certain parameters to which you can, uh, increase their skills on. So like, if you're like, a, if you're a wizard, you're going to have a certain threshold for strength. Like you're not going to be able to get a hundred strength, mm -hmm. but you can get 75, but you're going to start at 50. And so I think when it comes to personality, I feel like when we, you know, are 
created in the womb, there's going to be a template that's set up. And there's a sliding variability on those different skill sets and different aspects of personality. And I, I don't, I mean, I guess I didn't think you could go all the way to a hundred. Um, but I, le- I know at least you can change your points, you know, within the, what the, the markers on each end. So like mm-hmm. if I'm looking at myself, I'm not a confrontational person. So I like, if there's a, an issue, I am not going to just be the one that goes like, you know, right up to your face and saying, Hey buddy, I got a problem <laughs> with you. Here's why, you know, that's the, uh, I think that's the agreeableness part. You know, it's friendly versus challenging. So like, am I going to challenge somebody to their face? Probably not. I don't think I rank high on that scale, but I know that if I, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it, number one. And if I'm able to implement things that I've read about, like the, you know, the, what do they call it? T-pose or, you know, spreading out. Power pose. Power yeah. posing. Like that can make maybe those points go up a little bit. And if you coach yourself to be more challenging, you can be more of a somewhat confrontational person. But there's always going to be that part of me that while I'm in that confrontation, wants to just run away mm-hmm. and hide. And so I think obviously everybody's on a different spot on these different scales. I didn't actually take a personality test based on these big five. But I've done, you know, countless personality tests. Yep. Are you an orange? Are you a banana? Are, yeah. are you a red color? The Myers-Briggs, and there's a million of them out there, different colors. And and, and, and I, always, I always struggle with, once you take those, or once you know these things, what, like, what is, does he talk about, where, where do you take that stuff? So th- that's kind of what he um, dismantles in the first couple chapters of the book, is just how kind of um, the research has shown that these personality tests, first of all, like the questions are like completely they're, they're just self, stupid. They're you know? self-reporting, and, and right? Yeah, they're There's self-reporting no, yeah. and it could depend on the mood you're in and all kinds of things. And it, I can't remember everything he talks about, but basically the end of the day, he's like, okay, so you get this personality and that's a People are like, okay, now you can figure out what you're doing with your life because this is who you are. No, it's not. It's, it's maybe gives you a snapshot of who you are right now but who do you want to be and what do you want to do? And I think to his point in the book, he would talk about something like agreeableness and be like, Dan, if you really wanted to be, um, and I don't even know if confrontational, but more blunt with people and, and speak the truth, you could work on that and become really good at it. And that is something that you can do to change your personality. And the thing that I thought that caught my eye, one of the points early on was about how you view your past has a big determination in your personality. Um, if you view yourself as a shy and timid and I got pushed around and bullied, um, it's probably going to have a big impact in, and if you think that was a really bad part of your life and really scarring, it's probably going to impact a lot of your personality in how you go about doing things. You know, if, if you were, um, you know, different traumatic events that happen in your life, they could be big or small, right? It could be, you know, as, as serious as a death in your family. It could be something as um, embarrassing as something that happened in high school or whatever it might be. But how you view your past is huge in determining who you become. And so he gives a, a pretty ridiculous story in the book, you know, to the hundredth, you know, all the way to the scale, but of a guy who, you know, committed murder and was in prison and, you know, just had some terrible things go on. And then, you know, basically got to a point where he determined that he didn't want to be like that anymore. And he goes into this long story about it, but anyway, determined that what he wanted to do because he couldn't get out of prison and had bad lawyers that he was going to study law. And he read everything he could for the next five years. When he did get out, then he, went to law school and now he's a professor at Harvard law, you know, something per I think there's a movie about it as well. You know, kids, yeah, I murdered someone. So yeah, put your phone away. Yeah. And I think I saw a little (laughs) thing on him in 60 minutes or whatever, but, um, I really do think like it struck me because there's things that happen in my past that I know if I view them as negative and I view them as like, I don't really want to talk about them. It hinders my ability to become, a better now and a better in the future. But if I took some of the things that happened in my past and I also, and I, I, I take the view that like, 
okay, that happened. And that was actually a really good thing because now, and I think it goes to those regrets that we can have in life. Like, I think we all have a certain amount of them, but, and I don't think we want to be pie in the sky all the time. So we don't want to talk to people like, oh, well, I don't have any regrets. I'm just, <laughs> my life's perfect. You know, like you don't want to come off like that. But I think like how people, if you think about the kids we interact with and our friends and like how they view themselves in the past really impacts who they are now and then who they could be in the future. So how how exactly do you come to terms with something in the past that you, let's say you previously looked at it as, you know, like, oh, I was such a weak, you know, pushed around kid. How do you, or I mean, in that case, murder, how do you take your past and then somehow reconcile it? What do you, I mean, you just tell yourself that that had to happen to get to the point where you're at, or, I mean, you can't spin murder and like, Oh, that was a positive. I mean, or can you, I mean, what does that look like? I think what it looks like is in that case, obviously forgiving yourself coming to terms with it and not letting it affect your present and your future. Too often people's past, he talks about in the book, they use it as an excuse to prevent them from doing something to make them better or to reach a goal. Okay. They maybe say, Oh, I could never do that. You know? And we, we see this right. in just high school kids, math, right? I've always been mad at math. So I'm terrible. Uh, I took a, a math test in fifth grade. I sucked at it. She told me I was not very good. So but if that kid would change how they viewed themselves and, and okay, yeah, I struggled at that. Like, and I get what you're saying about like, what's the magic want? I, I think it's how you're viewing it. And like, do you view that as just failure and it's a fixed mindset and just, this is the way it's always going to be. Or do you view it with that growth mindset of, okay, that's where I was. And can you use your past as motivation for your future? And a, that really resonated with me because I think, you know, the past is completely unchangeable. Some people dwell on it more than others, but some people are, it's hindering them from becoming and, and from even having goals, right. That are too big. They're, they're selling themselves way too short because of things that have happened in their past. Right. And there's, I've, I know I've been aware of, you know, online resources where, I mean, we've talked about, of course, Jordan Peterson before on here, but he, on his website, he's got a something called self-authoring. So you 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 basically go back through your past with you know you he there's a prompt right, and you just start typing about you know whatever question regarding your past, you know how did this moment make you feel? How do you view this thing? And the idea is that you do that exact same thing because in order to move forward, you have to you know, patch up everything that's behind you. Um, it's like, I mean, it's like if you're on a boat, right? Like, let's say you're taking the boat down the river of life, um, you know, and you're at, towards the front of the boat. Well, at the back of the boat where you, you know, which would be your past, you've got some holes in it and you've got to lay out those things and, you know, come to terms with it. And then you patch those things up and then you're able to, like you said, move forward and look at that personality um, and think about what it is you want to change. And, and also with that changing, it probably helps if you have at least accomplished something of greatness to realize that that can be accomplished. Because a lot of times people don't even bother to get started on it because they just think, you know, like, what's the point? You know, I can't, I mean, I'm just thinking of, you know, body image or, you know, someone looks at themselves in the mirror like, God, I'm such a fat piece of crap, <laughs> you know? And I've, I mean, people, I mean, I've had that thought before, which is kind of crazy because I'm not that pudgy, but it's just like, what? I mean, if I didn't have any success in any aspect of my life, I would probably just, I, I can see why somebody might think like, well, this is, I'm on a set determined path. Like there's no point. Yeah. But because you've succeeded, you can think like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you talking to yourself like that? You can change these things. You have to find something that you know, obviously is you find worth doing, you enjoy doing, and you can turn those habits around or, you know, work on that part of your personality to, to improve or move that scale from one to the other. And it might not even be like, 
you know, going from, I want to be an extrovert. Well, maybe you want to be an introvert. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to always be, you know, it, that's, that scale is, it slides in both directions. Like you don't, like, you know, I'm looking at these five pillars and I'm thinking like, well, why wouldn't you want to just be a hundred on all of them towards one way? It's like, well, maybe you don't, you probably don't want to be that way. You probably want to figure out how to slide it both ways so that you can actually, you know, control those things in certain situations so that, you know, you are enjoying yourself and you're not, you know, I don't know, finding yourself in a, in a spot where life sucks. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> Couldn't wrap that thought up. Yeah, it's it's super interesting because then he talks about, like, you know, people t- talking about, like, I just want to be true to myself. And that's always registered with me to a point. It's an old John Wooden uh, quote, be true to yourself, you know, and talked about like when you get into coaching, don't try to be, you know, Phil Jackson or something, you know, don't try to model yourself after somebody else because you, you can only be yourself. Like you can't imitate somebody else and be exactly like them, right? If you try to do that, you're kind of falsifying who you really are. But he brings up this point, it might be, semi-controversial, but I mean, people like in high school, um, parents or kids will say, I can't give oral presentations because my anxiety is too high. And so there was some blog posts of a a student that said teachers should not allow, you know, kids that don't want to do public speaking, they shouldn't have to do it anymore. And apparently, you know, and I don't know how it is in our classes, um, in those situations, but I know, um, that can come up and, basically just say like, I can't handle that. So here's an alternative assignment. You don't have to do that. And he uses his his example as just one of the points where um, people say they want to grow or improve. And then when it comes to doing something hard or challenging, they just shy away and they say they have limitations. And when he talks about people's past, then he ties it into just like people limit themselves People put limits on themselves and say, nope, I can't do that. And I won't do that. And he just talks about like, if it's a challenging thing, like people just don't want a part of it and they shy away from it. And we talked a lot about that and, and, and growth and like, you know, failure is really important. And I just, it still comes back when I think about my number one tenant that I try to keep in my mind when I'm raising my children is just like every bad, adverse thing, I just try to think good. I just try to think good. Like you need to go through as many struggles as possible. And I get where we're at as a society, where we're trying to protect our children. But it goes back to that, you know, do you want your kid to grow up and be courageous and brave or safe? Right. And safe is not growth. Right. Safe does not allow growth. It's such, I mean, I was just telling you the story before we got on the air, but I mean, that's such a hard line sometimes as a parent to follow because you've gone through that, you know, like you have gone the path that they've gone. And you, if you see them going down a similar road that you were on, that wasn't probably a good choice for you to make when you were a kid, you want to try to like, obviously steer them down a different path. And it's, I mean, it's difficult because you want them also, you know, like, those things that you're trying to steer them away from are going to happen, you know, at all ages. And I'm specifically referring, you know, if you're raising a kid, you want them to be surrounded by, you know, positive friends. We've talked about like, you know, in your life, you should probably drop the losers that are bringing you down and surround yourself with people that are like-minded and going to push you forward. But, you know, as a parent, if you see your son or daughter like gravitating towards this group that, maybe isn't treating them like an actual friend, you know, like I get the feeling of, you know, I just want to tell him to never talk to those kids ever <laughs> again. Cause that's what I would tell a high schooler, like, you know, drop those loser friends. But I know that he's going to face those same challenges throughout his entire life. There's always going to be that group of people that he wants to maybe be a part of because they're the cool kids, but they're not the, the best kids to be around. And so it's this fine line of like, how much do you step in and just say, 
you know, give him the tools to deal with those people because he's going to have to deal with them. Or, I mean, there's the line of, or do you just tell him to simply avoid those people altogether because you know that if he gets sucked into that group, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's weird. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the future Yeah, and you know that like, here's, here's a good history analogy. So this guy, um, Alan Turing, you know who that is? Nope. Oof. Minus one <laughs> for Sean Keating. So Alan Turing is this guy who creates that. He created the first computer. Uh, that was called the Turing machine during World War II to crack the Nazis Enigma code. Oh, I think I've seen the movie. Yeah, Imitation Game. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So great movie. Check it out. Uh, really sad story, though, when you when you watch the whole thing. Spoilers coming. Um, but it's based on history, so whatever. Um, he creates this machine uh, that cracks the code. Um, and they're able to decipher all the Nazi messages. So they can tell, they know where the Nazis are. They know where they're, when they're going to attack. They can save everybody. But Alan Turing has this thought, hold on a second, guys. If, I, if, we, if we use all of the information to move all the guys around, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the Nazis are going to know that we cracked their code, and then they're going to change their code, and then we're screwed and we're back to square one. So he knew the future. Right, he knew where everything was going to be, but you ha- he had to like cherry pick which ones he was going to, you know, like pick and choose your battles. That's where they, I mean, that's one of those examples. He had mm-hmm. to pick where he was going to use the information and where he was going to pull it back. Like there was in the movie, it showed that like this guy that he worked with had a brother who was on a ship, and that ship was about to be attacked by, you know, Nazi U boats, and they didn't they didn't do anything. They let they had to let the attack happen, so they let the guys die, because they knew that in the bigger picture, yep. it was going to help them win the war. And they used that information to plan D Day, you know, and that helps get us in France. And we push the Germans back to Berlin. The Soviets from the east do that, and so it's the. I mean, it's the same thing with parenting, and I mean, when you're trying to affect a child's personality, right? Like that's that idea, right? You're trying to mold. Yep. the the scale you know on on a kid and you have to pick and choose very carefully or else you're gonna you're gonna ruin the whole thing <laughs> the child will be ruined <laughs> destruction parent fail um yeah it's it's super interesting I think a couple points try to make here um in coaching we use the term trust the process a lot and just like Every day, just keep grinding, do get 1% better. And if you do that over time, it'll lead to good results. And Ben Hardy says, that's a bunch of BS. Don't trust the process. He goes, you need to have a goal. You need to have an end in, in mind. You need to have what it is you want. You need to be as specific as possible with that goal. And this was a new way for me to look at something. But when I do think back, you know, on my life, when I've had a very specific goal, the motivation and the work ethic have never been higher. Um, one quick example would be when I got fired as a research scientist and walked out in the parking lot and started getting calls from Silicon Valley to go work um, in labs out in San Francisco because that's kind of where most of the biotech stuff was. Um, I had already thought in the back of my mind that like teaching and coaching is pretty much that's what I got to do. So I went the next day, I went to Augsburg College, I met with a lady, and I just said, how do I get this license as fast as I can? And we mapped out a plan, and I was taking classes Saturdays and Sundays, some during the week, I was doing my, and I got it done in 10 months. And it's because I had a specific goal, I want this license as fast as I possibly can. I did basically, whatever, two years worth of the coursework in 10 months, Went on, went to school eight to four Saturday and Sunday. They had a weekend program and got her done. And I think about what Ben Hardy's saying. If it was just trust the process, you know, he talks about when he started blogging, there was a lot of people that were like, I'm just going to put out content after content after content. The problem is it was all crappy content and it was just quantity. And Ben Hardy said in 10 months, I want to be the number one writer on medium. And he was. And he had a goal in mind. And I think it's something something for you 
um, young people, for adults to think about is like when you've had a very serious goal, and I know some people, for example, with weight loss, you know, if you put in a company pool 40 days, who can lose the most weight? There's some people that just love that. They thrive on it because they know that end goal and they will do whatever it takes to win that 20 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever it is. And so it's made me think a lot about goal setting because when you do have something real specific, it makes you come back to think about everything. So he gave an example about, I can't remember the country. I was a, um, a, a rowing, rowing the boat team. What are those called? Um, Rowers. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. In uh, college, they have a name a for it. Name. Yeah. Can't think of it right now. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but he talks about they had one thing that determined all of the, the team and everything they did was if it was a decision to be made, will this make the boat go faster? Staying out late at this party, will it make the boat go faster? Eating this donut, will it make the boat go faster? And that was their only goal was to win the Olympics. I forget what year it was. And they won, they won the gold medal. Like they had a very specific goal. This is what they want. And then whatever it took to achieve it. When you don't have specific goals, you end up wandering. You end up meandering. You end up trying to figure life out. Okay. And I think it's very interesting in your personality and who you want to become. Um, when you think about every action, every behavior, another good one. Go over the last 24 hours, think about everything you did, and then write down why you did it. Think about what you ate for breakfast. Think about the activities you did. Think about everything you did and why you did it. Because your behaviors have a reason. And if you have a goal in mind, then all your behaviors reflect that goal. And I think it's some important, interesting um, advice on goal setting, on motivation, um, on, on your personality, on who you want to become. I know one of the things that when I was in high school, I always really did struggle like talking to people outside of my circle. So I remember putting like a specific goal on myself when I was a freshman in college, like I'm just going to talk to people I don't know. I want to get out of this comfort zone of just like not being able to, you know, express myself in those situations. And so you have to work on those things and you got to be very specific and intentional in order to accomplish those things. And so I think, um, yeah, goal setting is, is really powerful. And some, and I used to do this exercise with my, when I had an avid class and it's based on psychological research. And it's that idea that if you, let's say you don't have a specific goal, but let's say you have, I mean, if you think about it, you could probably at least paint a picture of what, your life could be like in five years if you did everything right. Like what what would be your ideal life in five years? And obviously be, I mean, try to be realistic about it. And that's only half the exercise, okay? Because this is based on research with uh, mice in a maze. So they put, uh, you know, a mouse in a maze, that old fun lab experiment, without any, you know, without anything at the end of the maze, the mouse just kind of, meandered right um so they thought let's put let's put some obviously let's put cheese at the end of the maze or whatever food um and that brought the mouse through the maze quicker however the thing that brought the mouse through the fastest was to have the food at the end and also waft in some cat odor behind them <laughs> and so the second part of the exercise when you're writing your ideal future is also to think about because this comes into what you're saying as well. I don't think you touched on that much, but it's write out what is the worst case scenario. So let's say everything just, you know, doesn't go the way you planned. Everything goes wrong. What is life looking like in five years if every possible wrong thing happens? Or you take, or you make every wrong choice. And that's the fear that also that, you know, that, that mouse was using to drive themselves forward you know that's what people can use to also push them to that goal is the fear behind you what are you running towards and what are you running from because you know in that in the weight loss challenge you're running from the thought of losing or being last place in that competition that's gonna 
that's going to push you further than just like, oh, I lost this weight, mm-hmm. right? You got to have and, and and maybe even write down what it is you're running from and what is that fear of failure. And that like that's okay. I mean, we talk about it's okay to fail, failure, fail to success, mm-hmm. you know, but fail forward. Right. But I mean, it's pretty impossible to avoid that that thought of failure is going to push you forward. I mean, I've every situation I think I've been in, you know, I can easily map out the fact that I felt like if I did not complete this task or accomplish this goal, like what does that say about me? Like I did not want to that fear of failure pushed me to complete the goal besides you know, just having the goal complete in the first place. I'm thinking of this, that trip I took the kids on to the boundary waters the first time. And, you know, if I just had the idea like, oh, we're, we're going to go there and that's it. We ran into many obstacles on the day we left that I could have just said, oh, sorry, trip's canceled. But we built this up to this amazing experience that if I would have just quit and failed, it was would have been a complete disaster for my personality's sake. I would yeah. have just thought myself to be the complete <laughs> loser that couldn't get this job done. And we, we got, we made it happen barely, you know, but we, we put together whatever we could to get there and it worked out. And it was not because I was looking for this glorious checkbox moment. It was more of like the fear of not being able, like having to cross it off the list completely. Yeah, the one thing I love about being a teacher is um, the start of a new year. You know, it, it, it's it's always fresh. It's always something brand new. And when you start something new, you're like, okay, now a new chance at it. I'm going to try some new things, make some changes. This is going to be this is going to be better. And when we think about these goals, and we think about maybe the person we've always wanted to become, or maybe it's fitness, or maybe it's mental health, or maybe it's with your family or whatever, we always find excuses. We always find reasons to not do it. I know like for myself, fitness-wise, since I stopped playing basketball, I've talked about it with you, but it's always been a real, I've, I've been really good at finding excuses. And um, when you have a goal, and you're committed, you know, I talk a lot to my athletes about being committed versus interested. You know, if you're interested, you'll do it when it's convenient for you. If you're committed, you do it no matter what. You do it no matter what else is going on. Yeah, I got three tests tomorrow, or I got to pick up the kids, and I got this going on, but you still, you're committed. And a question that he asked in the book, and that I would ask to our listeners to think about is, what are you committed to? What are you committed to? Like, could you write down three things in your life right now that you're committed to and do your behaviors mimic or do they support those commitments? Is Are the behaviors you're doing every day, do they support what you're really committed to? If you're committed to being, you know, the best father or mother or brother or um, athlete or, you know, um, you know, singer or churchgoer or whatever it might be, you know, like are your actions actually aligning up with what you're committed to? And we all know the hardest thing to do is start, like start something. And it is really hard and it comes back to fitness, right? But we all know that like maybe getting to the gym or getting to that place is like the hardest part of it. And once you're there, you can do it. But if you think about your life and where you're at and what I'm working on right now is I'm thinking about my future self right now and I, you know, through this book and like, what are, what are my new goals? What are, what am I committed to? And if I take, for example, yesterday, I wanted to just sit around all day and just, you know, watch Home Alone 1, 2, 3, and 4, but we did that Saturday, so I couldn't do that again. (laughs) But, um, you know, we went, we went and took the boys fishing. We went to a new spot. We went exploring. We find a nice little spot. We caught a few fish, and if I looked at the reason why, well, I want my kids to have that experience. I want to make those memories. I want them to, you know, obviously grow. Yeah, even though we talk about before, if you don't catch a fish, you can't, you know, you can't cry. But you know, one of the boys caught them, one one didn't, so there was some of that. But failure, that was good. Um, (laughs) 
So you think about just that, and I really like his idea of just being like one thing. Like if I woke up every day and it's just like, what is one thing I want to make sure I get done today or I'm committed to and just do that? You know, and Greg McEwen in Essentialism talks about like, if you wake up and do like the hardest thing or the one thing that's essential to you, then your day is going to be great. You know, if, if you wake up a little later and then nothing uh, gets harder and harder and harder to get done what you wanted to get done. You got to eat the frog. That's what, uh, I don't know who said that, but that was the first thing to do in the morning was, you know, obviously it probably isn't easy to just swallow a frog, but that's the idea is that once you got that done, you're full, you know, yeah. and God, it's, you know, human nature. I've heard this talked about before where it's not like this is how we are necessarily wired. You know, it's like we're fighting against our own biology because, you know, if you look at humans, when, you know, look at our ancestors, our ancient ancestors, when were they going to exert their effort? Was it going to be all day, every day? Go hard, go grind, go, you know, do some sort of crazy CrossFit routine? No, it's like we're going to conserve our energy and then when we need to, you know, track down a kudu for eight hours <laughs> we can do that but until that point we're gonna rest you know because or also like we're gonna rest because if a predator comes around and we're tired we dead mm -hmm. so i mean it's this it's natural to feel just to to be sedentary and it's the same thing with procrastination you know like people procrastinate because they don't want to it's natural to not want to put forward the effort and conserve the energy for an actual threat because that's what, you know, at the basic level when we were, you know, in our most primal moments, that's what we were worried about was being eaten. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to think about because, you know, I, there are plenty of moments where I have that idea in mind, like, I want to be better. I want to work on this part of my life or my personality. And then it's just like, but I don't really, <laughs> but this episode is so good. I just want to sit. Of course, back then they didn't have access to uh, potato chips and yeah, and beer in the fridge. and It's, it's a constant struggle. But like you said, once you get that, once you get it moving or get going or start something, it's so much easier. I mean, I'm thinking of plenty of minor examples where I've just been, been a long day and you know my son wants to go play in the garage and i'm sitting in the chair in the garage and i'm like oh, this is so nice and uh, he he be like he grabs me, like come on let's go play let's go hit the ball let's kick this thing around i'm like oh, oh fine <laughs> and then i get up and it's you know it's a little sluggish at first but once you know i start getting in action a little bit then i'm great and i'm right i'm like oh wow how, that's weird i was able to make this quick turnaround and it's it's that i mean that's that the idea in physics, I believe, right? The object in motion tends to stay in motion. <laughs> yeah. Object at rest tends to stay at rest, you know, and that's, I think that's applicable to humans for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we got so many more things in today's society, obviously, to keep us sedentary and uh, oh, keep us locked it's in. It's a challenge. Air conditioning, streaming services, food. There's no reason to ever, <laughs> to ever move. Unless, I mean, they bring it to you now. I mean, Everything. So the other, I don't know, one other thing he, he points out is like personality is, is basically the way he describes it. And I know it's really basic, but it's just preferences and interests. And those will change. Like what you're, what you prefer and what you're interested in, um, in life is going to change over the course of life and you're going to change. And I think the biggest takeaway point that I can just make is like, just don't pigeon your whole yourself into being like, I'm not a people person or I'm right. bad at math or I'm, you know, I hate the outdoors or whatever it might be like, no, don't, don't short yourself by that. Don't let your past short yourself. And maybe if there are some things that have been bugging you, like maybe change the way you view them, maybe talk to somebody about them, maybe write, write about them. Like don't let something in the past prevent you from being an, a person that you could be in the future and your future self. I mean, I think it's real easy when you're younger. I, I find as I get older, it's, it's, 
you know, you're watching your kids grow up. I always joke with people that, you know, talk to me after their kids have graduated high school and be like, oh, it just goes so fast. Just really enjoy it. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I've heard that a time or two. But what I always tell them is I go, when these children are growing, like, do you realize you're getting older? Like, you know, like as a parent, you just kind of forget about yourself. Yeah, you stop pursuing like, like things that you're maybe even interested in. Yeah, like you just, everything kind of maybe goes on hold a little bit. And not and rightfully it should. I mean, like, I think for most parents, they'd say the number one thing is to raise their children. And that's what we want. And they're the most important thing. But goes back to Dr. Uh, Dr. Kampoff's point about like self-care and like you have to take care of yourself and like you have to be the biggest believer and biggest fan of you and confidence is something that, you know, comes through doing hard things and being committed. And so think about some things that you want to be committed to and if you're committed and you have some goals it's going to be easier to do it. But if you're kind of wandering out there, like many of us sometimes are and like, oh, I don't know what to do with my life. And I don't, um, I don't know what's next. And I like, well, that's on you because you need to sit down and think a little bit about, okay, what are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? What is really important? And if it's very like, it's fine. Like, are you fine? I mean, he goes into like, you know, everything, right? Like the salary you're making is because that's what you're committed to. Like the, whatever it is, your job, your status, your fitness, your hobbies, your whatever, it's all because you've accepted where you're at. Like those are your behaviors that are getting you the results you're getting. If you want different results, you're going to have to change your behaviors. It's really that simple. You know, in sports, it's real easy. The scoreboard tells us, are we getting better? Are we not? Um, sometimes it's not that simple. Sometimes maybe you're getting better, even though the scoreboard isn't, and you can kind of feel it shifting, but, um, you know, you got to have a way to measure your progress and, uh, you know, we need feedback. And that's, I mean, I'm thinking of how do you measure that? It's probably a lot of self-reflection. And even if you're, if you have a partner asking them, if you have been a certain way or less of a certain way. I know that, and, and some people might even be starting out, you know, if that, if we're talking about these personality features, like they might be on one extreme of this end of the scale and it's going to be, and it's going to be a long process. You know, it's not like overnight you're going to be this open-minded, you know, outgoing person that, you know, is able to be spot, 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 spontaneous, spontaneous whenever they want. Yep. And be routine another time. It's like this, it's this constant battle. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like I, I used to be, I'm an ir, I'm an irritable person. Like, <laughs> yes, you are. I can get, I, when I was younger, I would, I would be more way like a, you get a super angry, super Just defensive. A curmudgeon. Yeah. And you know, as time has gone on, I've tried to turn that dial to <laughs> be less irritable. Long ways to go. And people. it's not, and I'm, it's still like at least once a week, I'm just like, God, I am a grumpy a-hole right now. <laughs> and like, if I don't get this in check, I'm going to make somebody upset. And then it's not going to be a fun <laughs> rest of the weekend for me. Um, but God, it's a, it's a work in progress. And I, I mean, it's, it never stops, but the good thing about human beings is that, you know, our potential for growth is, is pretty endless. You know, like there is, there's no final end point. And even if you're talking about goals, you know, I've heard it explained to me that, you know, you're going towards the light. That's your goal. But as you go towards that light, you might realize that, oh, wait a minute, that, you know, that target's going to move. Like uh, when you reach what you wanted, maybe you realize that's not actually what you wanted. You, what you wanted was over here and that light's going to shift. And that's, and you just have to readjust your course and, you know, keep moving towards that light and, over time that com that compounds and you, you become this better person, but you're not going to be, you know, there's no perfect personality, obviously. No. no. And the diversity makes us great. And, you know, as I think about my own life and, and you actually do some reflection every once in a while and you think about, Oh yeah, I did that. And I did that. And you kind of, you know, like, man, I have grown a lot. And, uh, and then you think about you're always chasing. And I guess the story I'd end with um, is Matthew McConaughey talks about in the book about when he was 15, his one of his teachers asked him to write down, you know, who do you, uh, who's your hero? 
I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, man. All right. My hero is going to be. And he said, my hero is myself in 10 years when I'm 25. That That's my hero, man. <laughs> and they go, oh, so when you're, you know, and then he's 25 and he's like, so are you your hero? He goes, no, man. No, man. It's myself when I'm 35. And makes the point that you're always chasing this person that that you want to be, this maybe whatever, quote unquote, perfection. We're never going to achieve it. Like you're never going to get all the way. But I it resonated with me because there's definitely like traits and values and, and qualities that I definitely want to be better at and plenty of work to do and plenty of work to do. And every year when your birthday happens or a new year or new school year, like we're about to embark on, I think about those things. Hey, okay. This year, um, maybe there's a couple staff members that I've never really communicated with that I want to try to be better with. Or maybe there's, you know, everyone makes fun of my, (laughs) my room and how unorganized it is. Maybe I'll try. Well, maybe not that one, but there's other things that like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make a concerted effort for this. And that's, what's kind of fun to me about starting a new school year. Um, I've got a new class I'm teaching, which I'm really excited about too, which, um, will be a lot of fun, but, um, set some goals. Um, don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't take a personality test and think that's, yep, this is who I am. I can never change because you can change and, um, don't, don't limit yourself. And just think of what, what Sean just mentioned that, you know, your future self, is sitting there at the end of time and they're pulling you forward. You know, like you have to think about what is your greatest potential. And that that's the thing that's at the end of time, you know, pulling you forward and trying to get you to that point as close as they can. It might not be the exact matchup, but. And to that video game point, like you get to choose, like you get to create yourself. You get to design yourself. What, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And that's something for you to sit and think about, who do you want to be? Because you can be whatever personality you want, whatever job you want, whatever. You just got to have a goal and you got to go chase it. So that'll wrap up this week's edition of the crossover. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We're excited to bring some new content to you. And uh, I think some guests are going to be coming this fall on the crossover. And we're excited to get back to that. Take care. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Adios.